0: I've got Chris Cox on the line, and we're going to talk about Clemson beating Georgia Tech fifty-two to fourteen last Thursday. Chris, what's your thoughts from Game One of the 2018 season?
1: Uh, to start, I think you know it's it's hard not to shout out the run game um, and, and really the interior offensive line. Um, you know, Clemson rattled off eight point four yards per carry. Um, and even if you take away Travis Etienne's 90-yard touchdown run, that was about 6.7 yards per carry, which is pretty doggone impressive. Um, you know, no, they're not going up against the most formidable front in Georgia Tech. Um, but Anytime you can rattle off nearly seven yards a pop um, or eight and a half yards a pop, that's, that's unbelievable. And I was really impressed with those guys. And, you know, I think we knew they'd be a strength coming into the season. They certainly looked like it uh, week one. Um, second on my good, um, Chase Bryce, just, uh, you know, Mr. Money just putting it right on the money every time uh, he gets an opportunity. So talk about a guy making the most of his opportunities. He's certainly doing that. Um, and if Chase, you know, wants to stay at Clemson and finish his career out, I'd be more than happy to see it. Um, but the kid's unbelievable talent. Um, and, and, and I don't think anyone could fault him if he eventually wanted to take, um, you know, his talents elsewhere to, to get a little more exposure. But um, ended up with, with one touchdown and, and very easily could have had three. Um, he had two drops, one. I'm literally right in the breadbasket. Next, Tyler Davis, that true freshman defensive tackle we talked about last week. Just, I mean, it it honestly may not have been close on the interior line, how good this kid looked compared to his counterparts. And and by counterparts, I mean his teammates. Um, And so, you know, I think that's, I posted on Twitter, I think that's really exciting. um, But at the same time, it's also concerning, um, considering what Clemson's had the last couple of years and and Wilkins and, and Dex and Albert. Um, and some of the other guys before them. But um, Tyler Davis looks the part. He, he's your next big-time defensive tackle out of Clemson. Um, lastly, uh, Trevor's zone read abilities and, and the use of his legs. I mean, the coaches talked about him your the running game and, and said that he can get up when he wants to. And um, I thought he did a really, really good job in that first quarter setting the tone with his legs, and he's, he's making all the right reads. Um, so if you make the right read, me or you could get a couple yards. Um, Trevor's a little more athletic than us, so, so he's getting more than us. But um, that's certainly an interesting aspect added to his game, um, and I think that could help him.
0: Yeah, I don't think uh, – I might be able to get a yard, but I wouldn't be able to break that, ta- that tackle that Trevor broke on that one run. I, thought, I think it was a third and one, and he broke a – he was hit in the backfield uh, two, three yards behind the line and broke that tackle, got a first down, and the Tigers were off to the races. My good, some of them are going to piggyback on top of yours. Of course, Travis Etienne is first out of the box for me. 12 carries, 205 yards, three touchdowns. Touchdowns of 90, 14, and 48 yards. But, and this is the uh, third year, obviously, for Travis. And the second year, I'm going to say he looks even better than last year, which is hard to believe with the year he had last year, uh, 1,500 and over 1,500 yards and 24 touchdowns. Man, he's well on his way. Uh, to all kinds of records uh, if he stays healthy this year with this offensive line and and Clemson's schedule, honestly. I mean, it's basically pick your number. You know, what do you want from Travis? We'll see how that works out this week, and we'll get to that in a minute. Also thought BT Potter had a great game. Uh, It's hard to say great. He kicked seven extra points. He only had one field goal attempt, but everything was smooth. They weren't close. They were drilled. The 51-yarder, I saw someone on – on twitter say it would have been good from 60 i don't know about that maybe 55 or so but nonetheless still very good i'm going to give a shout out also to balan Spector, who seemed to be all over the place with the fumble recovery early on the punt uh he had five total tackles a tackle for loss now he did have a couple of missed tackles but you know first game so those are my three good takeaways what do you got for bad, chris
1: Yeah, so not too much on the bad, You know, I think, you know, first game, um, you know, Clemson executed pretty well. But, you know, just right off the bat, I think Trevor's interceptions were something that that really surprised a lot of people expecting a big year. Um, You know, I I, I made the the prediction or or the hunch that, you know, Trevor would be potentially bringing down some hardware at the end of the year and and getting off with those picks was certainly not a great start. Um, But, I mean, just, you know, if you sit back and watch the film, he, he just essentially missed a read on one Um, looked like he thought that guy was dropping back into um, a zone coverage and, and had the underneath route, but he watched Trevor's eyes the whole way. And Trevor stared down Cornell Powell the whole time. And, um, you know, awesome play that to prevent the touchdown. And I think that's pretty telling about the type of player Trevor is that he goes and makes that play, but um, you know, not, not a good read there. And then the other one was just a boneheaded decision, you know, last play of the half and just essentially throws the ball um, up for grabs down the field. And um, obviously Georgia tech came down with that. So, You know, good to happen in game one, good to happen in a lopsided victory um, where it's not something that's going to cost him. But, you know, maybe a nice little um, wake-up call uh, A&M and Syracuse uh, come to town.
0: Yeah, he had a streak of, I don't remember the exact number, 149 passes or something. I think it was his last pass against Boston College that was intercepted in uh, he went the whole entire rest of the year in the playoff without you know, interception. So he was due for, for something, and that's hard to say with Trevor because, uh, you know, four interceptions in his true freshman year was incredible. Let's hope, uh, let's hope it ends up with about four this year also or less. I thought the bad – and maybe this is more – my bad is might be more focused on who's coming up on the schedule Texas and Saturday – Coverage out of the backfield, uh, you know, and the missed tackles, of course. It looked like, I think it was a blown coverage out of the backfield, and and Georgia Tech got a long, long pass, and that's concerning, a long play, and that's concerning because of the way Jimbo uses his backs in the passing game. So, and there was a few missed tackles. You know, I didn't see it as bad as as some folks saw it, but um, obviously there were missed tackles. uh, But got to remember, it's the first game they have two scrimmages, right? Two live scrimmages, I think. So, you know, there's going to be some missed tackles early in the season. What do you got for Ugly? Yeah, so I'll piggyback off the bat. Um, obviously,
1: Trevor's, and then, you know, the other turnover, Clemson had three, um, was Travis Etienne's fumble. Um, you know, you just don't expect your your top two playmakers to be the guys that, that we're talking about, the Ugly. Um, but, you know, both are, are outstanding talents. so they're going to be okay, so I'm not concerned. But, Definitely not something you want to see us, uh, us giving teams, um, you know, the opportunity to, to do something with a shortened field there. Um, and then the other thing was just, you know, we'll, we'll go on the other side of the ball here and go to Georgia Tech and just their for passing game. Um, I, I was really surprised that um, Jeff Collins stuck with uh, Tobias Oliver as long as he did. The kid's an unbelievable athlete, but um, I'm not so sure he, he shouldn't be playing wide receiver, slot, running back, because um, that guy, um, his legs and the talent he has making moves in open field is – is really next to none and um but but watching him throw the football it's just not natural um and you kind of hate to see that but um you know he wants to get the the ball in his best best athlete's hands and you know maybe putting him at quarterback option there
0: yeah it's it's funny i think i put that on twitter that georgia tech's new passing game looks an awful lot like their old passing game it was not a pretty sight out there i I threw better spirals in the backyard yesterday to my, to my uh, 13-year-old. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, we got a little recruiting news uh, dropped also during the game. And help me with the name. Phil Maffa, uh, 148th overall uh, and rivals. He's the sixth running back or sixth uh, ranked running back. He's got offers from everybody you would expect. Auburn, FSU, Georgia, LSU, Michigan, Texas – 6'1", 215 pounds. Um, what do you know about this newest Clemson commit?
1: Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that you're you're saying that correct in, in Phil Maffa. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, you said six one, two fifteen, and the kid's starting his junior year, so you know that obviously jumps off the page at you as, as a guy that's just got a really big frame, a big body, and um, he's gonna be more of a, a ground and pound kind of guy. And um, you know, w- what's probably most interesting about this take. Um, this is the first commitment for the 2021 class, um, and this is probably the earliest running back take Tony Elliott has ever had at Clemson. Um, I, I think you'd have to go back to his first couple of years as a coordinator um, or a positions coach to really kind of look at that, but um, Clemson's jumped on their guys kind of late. Um, ETM was a the guy they found late. LinJay J was a guy that they identified early, committed to Tennessee, then locked him up late. Um, same thing with uh, um, Mikey Dukes. Um, Malusi was kind of right in the middle, but um, you know, running backs is a position Clemson tends to be pretty patient on. So it's interesting to see him make a move on Maffa um, so soon. But um, I think a lot of it has to do with his connections with Mickey Kahn, who is the uh, his high school coach at Grayson. And um, apparently there's a great connection there. And so um, sometimes when you know, you know, and it looks like Maffa checked off a lot of boxes. For staff.
0: Yeah, it's really hard to believe uh, as an older guy that uh, they've already got a 2021 recruit. Incredible to think about how far ahead they have to take and uh, plan it all out. Hey, around the ACC, there were some interesting games this weekend. First of all, first off to take, let's talk about Florida State. They were up 31-13 to 13 on Boise State. Looked like it was just going to be a runaway, and for hour and a half two hours Florida State was back and then the roof caved in they gave up 23 consecutive points and uh I don't know what to say about Willie Taggart but I kind of wonder if it may be too late for him to recover what's your take on the Florida State game from Saturday
1: yeah I sat down and watched that and you know I think I fired off a couple of tweets just saying how impressed I was Kendall Bryce's offense and they looked dynamic. They, they showed good formations. Execution was there. Um, defense played OK in the first half, um, gave up some big runs, but it was kind of the bend that don't break. And then second half, I mean, it just looked like Florida State from last year. Um, I can't remember the numbers, but they they had something close to 45, 50 total yards in the second half. And it's just like the, the, the night and day difference there is, is unbelievable. Um, and I think that Boise state was starting a freshman quarterback. I don't know if he was a true freshman or red shirt freshman, but, um, pretty interesting that, um, you know, he's not the only freshman, um, in the country to lead a, a comeback victory against Clemson's rivals, but, um, just, just interesting to see them break down like they did in the second half.
0: Really going to be hard for Florida state. I just, I can't imagine where they're at mentally right now. And, uh, they need to get back to being good, so Clemson can have a rival within the conference. As you were saying, the other uh, Clemson, the other Clemson rival faced North Carolina in Charlotte, and again they got out to a lead. And I, am sitting here three days later wondering how South Carolina lost that game. What's your take on the Gamecocks this week?
1: I mean, I think I'm shocked that they they lost the game. Um, but if you watch the game, to be honest, they should just be happy they didn't get beat by more. Um, North Carolina pretty much had their way, um, not necessarily on both sides of the ball, but, but definitely on offense on the ground. Um, if it's not for Mac Brown being conservative with this true freshman quarterback in the first half as they entered the red zone, um, you know that's, that's probably not a game that South Carolina blows. They're probably trailing for the better part of that game, um, or at least competitively tied up in there. Um, so, you know, I think I was shocked. Um, the South Carolina didn't look a little, um, more composed like the veteran bunch that they are. Um, but at the same time, I mean, this is, um, just slowly becoming a will Muschamp champ coach football team. Um, and I think there's a lot of uh, hope and optimism and, um, it's certainly not too late for them to turn it around, but boy, they got off to probably the worst imaginable start, um, down in Columbia.
0: Yeah. I think I was more shocked by Mac Brown's dancing, but, uh, I had composed. I had actually composed a tweet that said Mac Brown is coaching like it's two thousand and five. And that was in reference to how conservative he was being with the freshman quarterback Sam Howell. Now the funny part of that is is Mac's quote after the game was just crazy. It was, yeah, we didn't take we we're real conservative with Sam Howell, and then we went at halftime and said, Hey, he's a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> Let's open it up. Now, I don't know about the context of that, but it just sounded funny, you know, seeing it in print, you know, it may have been, hey, he's a quarterback who can play, or it was just, hey, he's a quarterback. Yeah, no joke, Mac. Um, But he was coaching. Now, he's the one who famously had Cedric Benson, the now late Cedric Benson, on the bench for the Oklahoma game when he was a true freshman, uh, you know, and, and played him the rest of the season after the Oklahoma game, after that loss, and he went... You know, crazy, and ended up with all kind of records at Texas, but he did not play him at all. So if you get frustrated about Travis Etienne's carries, Mac Brown is somebody who will frustrate you with his use of freshmen, and that's going to be interesting. He, I guess, he has no choice at North Carolina, but uh, uh, it's just hilarious to see his quote after that game. Louisville last night, I was impressed for about quarter and a half. What's your take on uh, Louisville and Notre Dame?
1: Yeah, Louisville, they, they certainly made things interesting there for the first half. Um, you know, if they don't put the football on the ground five times last night, they, they certainly keep, um, you know, they, they almost could have dashed Notre Dame's playoff hopes in week one. Um, be interesting to see what happens with Notre Dame throughout the year, if the staff, if the playoff committee wants to put them back in or not. But, um, you know, I like Scott Siderfield. I, I said last night, I think he's probably one of the best two hires in the ACC, with Jeff Collins at Georgia Tech being the other one. Um, you know, it's all about culture. Um, you know, and you got to be in the right place. Um, and Louisville is, I don't want to call it a sleeping giant, um, but that's a place that you can win football games at. And it's been proven in the past with different coaches. And um, I think Scott Satterfield's got a good opportunity to do some good things at Louisville. Obviously, the ACC's wide open outside of Clemson. Um, and, and so it'd be interesting to see, you know, give him a couple years. They're not going to have a great year this year. They probably don't, but they certainly looked competent last night. And that's something they, they didn't look anything like um, under Petrino last year.
0: They looked like they cared, which is a big step up from last year because they just gave up at the end of last year. They did not want to tackle. They didn't want to do anything. Um, so it was, yes, they lost the game uh, by 18 points, but but they, they cared and it showed on the field. And that's a That's a good sign. We'll get back to the show in just a second, but I wanted to take a minute to tell you about our sponsor, Lion J. Lion J was founded by Jennings Lion and former tagger JKJ. Lion J is a multifaceted opportunistic real estate development firm that develops projects in the areas of multifamily, lot development for the publicly traded builders, senior housing, retail, and hospitality investments located throughout the South. Visit lionj.com. That's lyonjay.com with any development needs or sites that you would like to submit for development. Now, back to the show. Alabama. Let's, let's talk, hit on these national programs. We can hit on them real quick. Just have a comment or two if you want. If not, that's okay. Alabama, yeah, looked okay against Duke. It's 42 to 3. What I find hilarious is Clemson beat Duke by a similar score last year, 35 to 6. And, uh, you know, it was what's wrong with Clemson. But Alabama does that, and it's all right, man. Alabama looks great. Um, Oklahoma and Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts looked really, really good. Um, I can't figure out if it's him or Houston or the system. I think Lincoln Riley's a really good coach is what I think. Oregon and Auburn. I can't believe Oregon blew that one again or blew a game uh, opener again. Um, Not sure about Auburn myself shocked at Kelly Bryan and Missouri. Not that I thought I thought Missouri was going to start out 8-0 and to get pummeled by Georgia, but not that I thought they were going to be great. I just thought their schedule was so weak that they you know had to start out 7-1 or 8-0, and now I don't know what to expect from Missouri. Why don't you walk through the games that you want to talk about there and, and give me your thoughts.
1: Yeah, so just piggybacking off you and Alabama and Duke, you know, I watched... You know, a little bit of that game. I had the South Carolina, North Carolina game on at the same time and, and was paying a little more um, attention to that one. But, um, you know, Alabama's going to Alabama. You know, I think that, that Duke surprised them um, a little bit early on in the game, a good game. But, you know, when the final is 42 to 3, um, you know, Clemson's done that a couple of times too, where they haven't looked so hot. And um, You know, the, the final score it actually looks a little bit better than, than the game looked. And um, so, you know, I think, you know, Alabama's going to be fine. I think that, you know, their defense, um, is, is going to struggle at times this year. And I think you're going to see a similar thing at Clemson. I think that Clemson could have some struggles on the defense end as well. Uh, but you're just talking about an absolute machine on offense that, um, really who, no matter who they face is, is going to do some good numbers. And it just took them to the second half to really get cranked up in there. Um, Jalen hurts. I mean, Lincoln Riley system. I, I, like I said, um, me or you, man, we, we go out there and, um, we're probably all, all big 12 second team. Uh, because he, he just has a great system in place, and that's not to take away anything from Jalen because I think he's a great talent. He's, he's gone about things the right way, but, man, when you just watch that offense, it's, it's something special to behold. Um, skipping ahead to some of the other SEC games, you know, I think I was surprised that, that Mizzou loses to Wyoming, but it just goes to show you that these, these Power 5 schools don't have any business going on the road and playing some of these um, smaller schools um you know same thing happened with with Ole Miss going to Memphis I know that that's actually pretty close in proximity Syracuse goes to Liberty they've handled them pretty well um but there in the last couple of years where you see these big teams go to these small stadiums and it's their Super Bowl um you know UCLA goes to Cincinnati even though Cincinnati's probably a better team but um you know I'm just glad we don't see Clemson um going down the road and playing Coastal Carolina or anything like that so um and I you know I don't want to jump obviously Georgia State over Tennessee. You know, I thought Tennessee had gotten rid of the Phil Fulmer curse, but apparently that's still alive and well in Rocky Top. And uh, that's a game that I didn't even have on my radar as a potential upset. Um, and Georgia State goes in there, and they, they pretty much controlled – not necessarily controlled the game, but um, there, there was never really a, a chance in that game where Tennessee just had ultimate control. Um, and that, that's very concerning if you're um, a fan of the uh, Volunteers. Um, like I said, Memphis takes down Ole Miss – Arkansas struggles against Portland State. I don't know what Chad's got going on there, but, but it's not good right now. Uh, Kentucky's tied with Toledo at the half, ends up pulling away by 14. And Mississippi State only beats Louisiana Lafayette by seven. So, really, haven't had time to watch ESPN much since the games, but I just really wonder what Paul Feinbaum and the rest of the ESPN crew were talking about this week.
0: It can't be pretty, that's for sure, because there was some ugly football being played in Wyoming I didn't see a down of Tennessee and Georgia State, you know, speaking to you, what you said about not even on the radar. I didn't even see it. I didn't see a down. I just read it and went, what the heck is going on? So it was a crazy weekend. you got to also worry about Chad there in Arkansas. I mean, they had a tough year last year, and they got a tough year ahead of them. And you can only beat Portland State by seven. Man, that is trouble. That is trouble. trouble waiting to happen for Chad. Okay, I'm going to – uh, we're going to turn our attention to Texas A&M and Clemson. I had a chance to watch uh, the tape of uh, Texas A&M playing Texas State. Now, Texas State is 15 miles from my house, straight up the uh, – or down the interstate, actually. Um, and it is a school – you may think it's a tiny school. but It's actually very, very, very large, uh, 40 or fifty 000. no, I would say about 30,000 students there. It is huge. It is known as a party school. Now, it was a very similar game to the Clemson and Georgia Tech in many ways. It was an outmanned opponent with a new offense. They're moving to the Cliff Kingsbury uh, style of offense there with Jake Spavital, former A&M offensive coordinator never on the show there. They had some hiccups and confusion at times on offense. Uh, This is Texas A&M I'm talking about. Now, they ended up with 41 points. This goes back to my point earlier about when Clemson plays somebody and beats them solidly but doesn't look great. um, There seems to be rumblings about issues with Clemson. But Texas A&M didn't look great. They ended up with 41 points and only 478 yards. And they started in Texas State territory five times and had two more drives that started at their 40 or, or between the 40 and the midfield. It was a workman-like performance for Texas A&M. I'm not saying, you know, they were terrible. They was opening game. They were vanilla. They were doing the same type of things Clemson was doing. Typical Jimbo team with methodical offense. They held the ball for 35 minutes, exactly 36 runs and 36 passes. Things that were key to me that I noticed on the film, Kellen Mond can throw deep, and he is deadly accurate on the deep ball, and that's something that's concerning. Um, for me coming into this game on Saturday. He's also dangerous when he escapes pressure on the run. So, XT, we love you, man. You get you are fast, and you can get to that quarterback fast, but be careful because if Mond escapes, he is dangerous on the run, whether he's throwing on the run or ends up running. Uh, the running backs, uh, Deshaun Corbin, who had an okay game. He wasn't really impressive. To me, now I'm looking at Travis Etienne every Saturday, so that can be an unfair comparison. They have a number 28 named Spiller, believe it or not. This is not C.J. Spiller, though. Texas State ran him down, caught him at the one on an 85-yard run. Good young running back. Um, so they have two really good running backs, and Ola, a former Clemson commit, Cordarian Richardson, is also on the roster. A&M roster tight end who had 48 uh, receptions last year, Jay Sternberg. They've got a couple of guys. That you know Jimbo's going to use them on Saturday, so look out for their tight ends. Uh, Kendrick Rogers, this is the guy who caught seven passes for 120 yards, two touchdowns against the Tigers last year. He only had one catch for 12 yards, and on that catch, he lost a fumble at the goal line. Um, he looks like he's he's been hurt in camp. He's still nursing a hamstring. It looked like Saturday didn't play a lot, so – um, I'm not sure what his status is for this coming Saturday. Now, last year, you know, Clemson used a, a jumbo package several times. Well, a has got one also. Uh, defensive lineman Bobby Brown, 6'4", 325, lined up in the backfield. Um, and and uh, they used him a couple of times in the, in the backfield in that goal line situation. A key here, running backs for Texas A&M will catch the ball out of the backfield. I'm concerned about that. As I said before, they're just like every other Jimbo team. He's going to do that same thing. He's done at Florida State and LSU and everywhere else he's been. Defense lost six starters from last season. And the starting corner, Renfro, is still suspended. Defensive back took chances. Now, they got some interceptions against Texas State. They're not playing Texas State on Saturday. They're playing Trevor Lawrence and wide receiver youth. So we'll see. So they will take chances. Uh, they are long and tall in the defensive backfield. My overall impression, they are solid, but no one stood out to me like a ETN or a Higgins or a Ross or Trevor Lawrence for that matter. Don't be fooled. Mond is a really good quarterback. I think you and I have talked about before how last year some of the plays that, you know, are be called great plays went his way. And Dabo talked about that today at his press conference that it went right through somebody's hand into a uh, receiver's hands for AM and m and ended up being a touchdown instead of an interception. Those plays are going to happen, um, but I would not expect 420 yards passing from Kellermond on Saturday. Jimbo's still building, and, and he's probably a year away. Another recruiting class, and he's probably going to be there uh, contending for a playoff spot. That's my rundown on A&M. I don't know if you have anything to say or have seen saw any of that game. Um what's your take on A M?
1: Yeah, so I didn't get to sit down and watch, you know, the whole game, but I went back and watched like the extended highlights and um, you know, I think that, that mond is just, you know, he, he's a really good quarterback and, you know, he'll, he'll have his moments um on Saturday and Clemson. But um like I said, I'm just curious, we talked about in the last podcast what what happens when Clemson prepares for the pass and not the run. So last year, I think Clemson spent a lot of time focusing on um, Travion Williams, and for good reason. He, he was their most dynamic player last year. But, you know, he's not back there this year, and, and Corbin's certainly a good running back. Um, but I think Clemson, I don't want to say learned their lesson, but but I think they know what they're dealing with this go-around. And, you know, the size of wide out for Texas A&M, Mons' arm, his ability to get out of the pocket, you know, all that kind of stuff. And some of it you can't scheme against, some of it just happens. Um, and so, you know, I'm curious to see kind of how, how they hold up. And, um, you know, I think I was listening to, I think it was Gage Srivanka. Um, he, he had an interview with the media and I was reading some of the transcripts and he talked about, um, how this is a game Clemson has essentially been waiting on. Um, they feel like they left a lot on the table, um, last year in college station. And, um, I don't think Gage even played that much, but, um, you just get the feeling that, you know, this group, um, even though they won and and it was certainly a big win, was um, disappointed in the execution and, and how they finished down in college station. And, um, you know, there was certainly the controversy after that game and um, I, I got a good feeling Clemson's wanting to, um, you know, if they're able to lead, no doubt. Um, and it certainly didn't help that the Texas A&M had an offensive lineman. And I think it was all candid and maybe a little tongue in cheek, but, um, and you can't fault the guy for being confident in his team, but, you know, coming out publicly and, and talking about, you know, there will be an upset, so on and so forth. And I mean, that's all fine and dandy is talking, but um, Clemson's had a tough time creating some motivation for themselves with the success they've had. And when, when you give them something, um, e- even if it's as minor as that, Dabo's going to absolutely run with it. Um, and so I think you'll see a motivated group on both sides, not just Clemson. Texas a knows that this is a, a big opportunity for them as well. Um, you know, a chance to knock off the, uh, the defending national champs and um, the cream of the crop and um, should be a great game, and and I'll be interested to see how um, Mod holds up and, and if he can pull some of the stuff he pulled last year.
0: Yeah, if he pulls the last year, then I'll tip my hat to him. And he he is a really good quarterback. I'll say that. You know, I, I saw that Saturday watching uh, or Sunday when I watched the film of that Texas State game. He he is on point on deep passes, so. You know, Clemson is going to give up a pass or two. It's going, it's going to happen. I'm I'm already bracing myself for it. He's really good. His receivers are good. They're a good team. So we'll see what happens on Saturday. Speaking of which, it's time to make your prediction, Chris. Uh Clemson, last I looked, right before we hit record on those podcasts, 17 and a half point favorite. The over-under is up to 64. When I looked at it first time on Sunday, it was 59. So that's shooting up. 86% of the folks so far have taken uh, AM and uh, m and the points, and an incredible 99% is on the over. That sounds like one guy bet a whole bunch of money on the over and somebody bet a little bit on the under. So it's time for your prediction, Chris. Clemson, Texas A&M, who you got? Man, I didn't know you were going to
1: put me on the spot like this getting on here, but, but if we got to throw some numbers out there, um, I'm a little less bullish. Um, you know, the week of the game um, than I would have been, if you asked me this probably a week or so ago, um, just more of a reality. Hey, you know, Clemson's not trotting out, you know, Christian Wilkins, Dexter Lawrence, Cleveland Farrell, um, all those guys. And, um, you know, I think that that really stood out to me, just watching the game um, Thursday, last Thursday night is, is, man, those guys just aren't there. And, and, and that defensive line just looks different. Those guys are talented. There's no doubt, but they just look different. Um and I think that was a nice little reality check for me. But you know, I'm still going to go with Clemson in this game. I, th- I think you know, you know, Clemson's obviously still the better um, you know overall talent wise. I think they, they can handle um, Texas A&M, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball. It'd be interesting to see how the defense holds up. And I think it's a big test. But um, I've got Clemson 41 to 28. Um, so I certainly think it is a higher scoring game. Um, four touchdowns for Texas A&M. I just think that they. are, i um, going to find some ways and, and as much has been made about Jimbo being a, a great game day coach and he does well with his quarterbacks and Kevin Monge is a good quarterback. So I expect them to show some stuff that Clemson may have not seen. Um, they have the talent on the boundaries to kind of get things done. And, you know, a couple of my keys to the game or some things I'll be looking at is, you know, what, what how's Trevor going to respond? You know, obviously this is the uh, outside of the Syracuse game where he got dinged up. Um, this is probably his worst performance as a player at Clemson. And so, I mean, maybe even dating back to high school. You know, the kid was just unreal in high school. So, you know, I'm just curious to see if he's who we think he is. And I think, you know, I think we're going to see some good stuff out of Trevor. Um, And so, you know, seeing how he handles the spotlight after having um, what we could consider a small letdown. And, um, you know, secondly, I just think, you know, we're going to really see what Clemson's defensive line is made of. You know, they rotated D ends and D tackles um, left and right the other night. And and, and you got really didn't get a sense for what their rotations are going to be. Um, I had a good feeling you're going to see Xavier Thomas out there a ton and Tyler Davis, and, and now it's Pinckney. Um, but who's those you know, fourth and fifth um, and maybe sixth linemen that Clemson's really going to trust to get out there and get it done against A&M? Uh, and they may not have an answer for that. It may just be kind of a, a show-as-you-go thing. Um, but those guys are going to have a, a tall task in creating pressure in Kellen. Um, and, and the issue is if you um, collapse the pocket on him, he's got you know, the athletic ability to, to use his legs to kind of get outside the pocket. So that's something I know the coaches want to see Xavier do a better job of is to hold that pocket because he's so keen on going around the tackles that he leaves his um, his space and his gap just wide open and, and I wouldn't be surprised if Gimbo doesn't game plan for that and essentially let Xavier go right to the backfield and go around him. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how, how the defensive line really holds up against a, a team that's going to have some bigger bodies. Um, I think some of the things I saw in the highlights is that Texas State did create some pressure on Mon. so, so maybe there's an opportunity for these guys to make a little name for themselves, um, and they'll certainly have the stage you're doing on Saturday. Um, my last key to the game is Darion is Kendrick. Really didn't get to see anything out of him against Georgia Tech because they don't know how to throw the ball forward. Um, that will certainly change this week, um, and especially with Texas A&M's receivers, they don't have a, a receiver on their too deep, and they list three different wide receiver positions um, and that includes 6'4 and 6'5 out there. So they've got some, some trees just like Clemson's got some trees. Um, and so, you know, that should be a nice little task for Darian. And I think everyone's been really excited to see what DK can do out there. And this is going to provide a good opportunity so we can see what this wide receiver cornerback has.
0: Really interesting point on Kendrick. I hadn't given that much thought, and I should have, because uh, obviously earlier we were talking about how hard Georgia Tech's passing game was. He, you know, I don't think I don't remember seeing him make a play on defense the entire night. I don't think he had to. I don't think a a pass was close enough. You know, I um, I was really bullish on Clemson after this game. I actually after the first game, I actually became bullish, more bullish when I watched Texas A and M play Texas State. As you said, uh, Texas State got a rush. A and M only scored when they started in. Texas State Territory or four out of the five touchdowns that AM scored started in Texas State Territory. They had only one sustained drive, and that wasn't that was only four plays, including an 85-yard run where the running back was caught from behind. So I wasn't overly impressed. That being said, I know Kellan Mond is a good quarterback, and I know those receivers are good, and they just went with a vanilla game plan. So maybe I'm a little too bullish on Clemson, but I'm sticking with my initial thought uh, because I think one factor that not many folks are talking about, they're talking about how close that game was last year. Well, that game was in College Station. This game is not in College Station. It is in Clemson, and I think that's going to be a big factor. But the other keys for me is Trevor being Trevor. As you talked about, don't need to say anything else. Everybody knows what I mean. ETN. How many carries did he have last year at Texas A&M? Eight, 12, I don't remember. It was it was somewhere around 10 to 12. So he needs 20-plus carries. As we saw last week on his first two carries, not much. A little frustrated. Get him out, get him going, give him the ball over and over, give him 20-plus carries. Also, think thing, Justin Ross needs to be involved. He was suspiciously uninvolved last week for the most part. It was T. Higgins' show, I think. T had six of the first eight targets on this on the uh, on the game last week. So get Justin Ross involved. Obviously, he's a game changer. Solid tackling. Look, AM's gonna make plays, they have athletes. Mons gonna escape from time to time. Just tackling when you get the chance. That's all I'm saying. And your point about Xavier Thomas is a great one. You know, Jimbo will scheme around that and find a way to use Clemson's uh, uh, advantages against Clemson so it's going to be crucial to keep Mond contained um, let him sit back there a little while just do what you got to do and uh, contain him I'm also interested to see how that D line holds up against a huge AM line um, you know Tyler Davis for all I've seen he's listed at 295 pounds that, that worries me a little bit when you see those Texas A&M guys at 325 or so it's only the second game of the season. He's probably in good health, as much as a defensive lineman can be in good health. But that worries me a little bit. The, the uh, weight advantage for A&M worries me a little bit because um, I'm of the opinion a and going to try and run the ball a lot this year, um, like they did last year. That's Jimbo. 36 rushes, 36 passes in the first game. He likes to do. He likes to keep it pretty, pretty even in my opinion. So I've got 38 to 20. Now that is actually got Clemson covering now with an under. Uh, I predict I had that score before uh, before this, before it went down to 17 and a half. But that's my take. Hey, Chris, I appreciate your time. I know you got stuff to do. Uh, I really appreciate you joining me and talking about Clemson and Texas AM, man. The real games are starting on Saturday.
1: Yes, they are. Should be a good one. Excited to get into Valley and watch the Tigers play um, this weekend.